Captain's log, stardate 31529.4. The Montana has put in at Korlov Station for some maintenance, including the replacement of a cracked power relay, which Chief Engineer McGuire believes to be the result of an act of sabotage. I've also discovered that my recent actions at the Romulan neutral zone have resulted in my receiving a good dressing down from an Admiral Rowan. This is just the sort of thing Admiral Forrest was concerned about. <laughs> You're not going to call me a cowboy, are you? You may think this is all very humorous, Captain, but I assure you that I do not. You disobeyed orders. I delivered the supplies to the Ponal Colony. I just delivered them a little later than expected. You went to the Romulan neutral zone. I didn't cross it. I stayed on our side. You opened fire on an unknown spacecraft. Which I had reason to believe was involved in the outpost attacks. You claimed to have encountered a man who had been prisoner of Starfleet intelligence. But instead of returning him to custody, your executive officer subjected him to a telepathic interrogation, leaving him dead. I don't think that's what killed him. And your chief engineer engaged in another unknown spacecraft by shooting at it with 20 photon torpedoes. He's very thorough. Likes to get the job done. Captain Edwards, you may not take this situation seriously. Oh, I take it seriously, Admiral. In fact, I seem to be the only one who does. I've seen for myself that attacks are occurring on Federation outposts along the neutral zone. I have to wonder why nothing is being done. I can assure you that that matter is being investigated. You don't seem interested in the information I've provided. What information? There's nothing on that outpost. No ship, no body. You've given me information extracted by your Betazoid executive officer. Information gathered in such a manner can be highly dubious. But not so dubious that Starfleet Intelligence doesn't use it. Yes, well, that's being looked into. Admiral? I've lost an excellent officer and a good friend over this Cytok business. I'd like to know what she died for. I understand that, but sometimes there aren't any answers. I'm getting tired of hearing that. This incident will be on your record, Captain, but no disciplinary action is planned at this time. And why not? Well, it seems there are some people who think you should be given a wide berth during your period of adjustment in our time. A wide berth? You mean there's still enough questions about this whole business that they probably couldn't get any serious charges to stick? So they're going to keep giving me rope, hoping that I'll hang myself? Maybe. If you want my advice, and I see no evidence that you do, don't get lynched. So, how did it go? Better than I thought, though he did question your battle tactics. How so? Twenty photon torpedoes? Hmm. He did understand that I was trying to blow that ship up, right? I tried to make that clear. How are the repairs coming? Well, they don't make that power relay anymore. It seems it's obsolete. They're installing a new one and adapting it to our systems. We should be done by tomorrow. Of course, I'm not sure I can get used to the sight of Klingons walking around on a Federation station. Yes, I know. Things have changed. Sometimes I think we really don't belong here. I was going to join Kelly in the bar for a drink. Would you care to join us? Kelly Natukov. She seems a lot like her aunt. Yes, very much so. No, you go on ahead. I'm going to head back to the ship and see how things are going. They've got a good bunch of engineers here, but I still like to get my hands dirty. You don't trust them? I didn't say that. You didn't have to. But Numi was able to do the calculations in her head and get us out of there just as the villagers decided we were demons instead of gods. That sounds like some of the other stories I've heard. Yes. Well, 
she was very special. Um, were the two of you... Oh, no, 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 not at all. She was special to me for other reasons. We were more than friends, but not in that way. Okay, I just wanted to know. Of course. Listen, I feel I should tell you something. There was no real need for Numi to beam down to Galvo's Prime when we picked up Psytok. I asked her to go with us because... Well, because I thought she would think it was interesting. If Psytok hadn't met her then, then maybe... From what everyone has told me, Numi had a lot of curiosity about a lot of things. I'm sure she did find it interesting. She did. That doesn't make it any easier, though. There's someone walking over here. The Vulcan? A friend of yours? No. I really don't have a lot of friends in the 24th century. Well, she seems to know you. Here she comes. Captain Edwards? Yes? I would speak with you. Privately. Who are you? I am Tapok. I am Sytok's wife. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Montana, the continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no crew has gone before. Star Trek, the continuing mission. Based on Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry. Starring Tim Renshaw as Captain Paul Edwards. Patrick McRae as Chief Engineer Jack McGuire. Stephen Perkins as First Officer Darius Locke. Brian Bonner as Security Chief Thomas Plummer. Scott Martinek as Science Officer Stephen Knight. Gabriel Diani as Dr. Kyle Wilson. Edda Devine as Helmsman Susan Palmer. And Tiffany Talent as Kelly Natukov. Executive Producers, Sebastian Pruth, Andy Tyra, and Patrick McRae. This episode, We Will Control All That You See and Hear. Written by David Raines. You're who? I am Tapok, wife of Sytok. I see. And you just coincidentally happen to be here. Of course not. Kelly, would you excuse us, please? Certainly. Sit down. Would you like something to drink? No, I would like to speak with you. Then speak. I know of your recent excursion to the Romulan neutral zone. I have information which I believe may be of interest to you. Go on. Before Sytok was apprehended, he contacted me. Yes? 
What I am about to tell you, I tell you because I think you may be able to do something with the information. I know you lost a friend in this matter, as I have lost a husband. As a starship captain, you have greater resources at your disposal than I. Perhaps, if this information is of help to you, then my husband will not have died for nothing. I wouldn't like to call a Vulcan unduly emotional, but I do understand your feelings. And getting to the bottom of this matter has been very much on my mind. Very well. Shortly before his arrest, Sytok contacted me in a highly agitated state. I had not seen him for several months, but that was not unusual given his work. When I did see him, he would never discuss his work. This was to be expected. But on this occasion, his work was all he wanted to discuss. At this time, I knew nothing of his wanted status. He told me that he had killed six people and that the authorities were attempting to apprehend him. Did he say why he killed them? Not exactly. As I said, he was highly agitated and he would often seem to lose track of his thoughts. Highly disturbing for a Vulcan. He did say that these six men were involved in something terrible that he was trying to stop. He did mention three of their names. And what were they? James, Alexander, and Donald Hunter. Are the first two first or last names? I do not know. As you know from experience, it was difficult to have a coherent conversation with Sytok when he was in this state. Yes, I seem to remember that. Go on. I know nothing else. I suspect he went to Galvos Prime to find someone else he believed to be a part of this plot. Did he say anything about what this plot was? No, nothing that made sense. He did mention the Romulans, however. Given recent events involving you and your crew, I thought I would give you this information in the hope that it may be of some help to you. Thank you. I'll see what I can do. But I still don't understand why he would kill Numi. She wasn't part of any plot. Who could say? I cannot say what Sytok's state of mind was at the end. You know more about that than I. Tell me, what was he doing before he was killed? Our ship's chief medical officer said he was mind-melding with Numi when he found them. A mind-meld? That may explain things. Since he had contacted me and told me the authorities were pursuing him, it may be a logical conclusion that he was attempting to communicate information to your Lieutenant Natukov. Well, why kill her? We both know that Sytok's mind was not functioning logically. The answer could be as simple as that. Or, perhaps he was attempting to bargain with her life. Or maybe it was both. I would say that was a logical conclusion, Captain. It is, however, supposition. Sytok is dead. Yes, but you've given me some valuable information, and I have a pretty good idea of what to do with it. Enter. You asked to see me, Captain. Yes, Mr. Locke. I just met Sytok's wife a little while ago. Sytok's wife? She gave me the names of some of the men Sytok killed. Took a little doing, but I believe I found a common link among them. Really? The only complete name she had was Donald Hunter. I found a record of a Donald Hunter who was arrested on Tarkalia for killing a tea merchant. He was found to be mentally unfit to stand trial. 
Can you guess where he was sent? The Van Gelder Memorial Institute. Yes. The place run by this Dr. Claremont. And the same place as the man we found on the destroyed outpost. Hmm, interesting. It gets better. The two other names she gave me were James and Alexander. So I looked for both. A Daniel James was arrested after killing an escort on Wrigley's Pleasure Planet. He was judged mentally unsound and sent to Dr. Claremont's Institute. And an Alexander Parker was also admitted there, also after committing a violent crime. Well, we might be a little beyond coincidence now. A little? You should take this evidence to Admiral Rowan. <laughs> what evidence? Some names? I don't think that would do any good. You didn't give him the device Dr. Wilson removed from the man on the outpost, did you? No. Why? That's evidence. Evidence of what? The Admiral told me they'd sent a team to that outpost. There's no ship, no body, nothing backs up her story. If I gave them the device, that might go away too. Then we wouldn't have anything. Just words. You don't trust the Admiral? I don't know. Yeah, it looks like this relay will work okay. We've run some tests and your systems are handling the modifications all right. Good, good. Oh, and by the way, I'd say your suspicions about that relay were right. Oh? It definitely didn't blow on its own. We did an analysis of the fracture point, and it was already overloaded when it broke. Yes, I know. I did my own analysis before we got here. But it just doesn't make sense. What's that? Well, this work was sabotage, right? Almost all your ship's transporter power was being routed through this one relay. If you tried to transport anyone, that would have blown and you would have lost them. That's right. But this saboteur reroutes your power and then breaks the relay. That disables your transporters before anyone has a chance to use them. It's almost like he didn't want to hurt anyone. Now, what kind of saboteur cares about the crew of the ship he's sabotaging? Why do you want to interview me? It's not just you. I want to interview as many people as I can. I just finished talking to Dr. Walschlegel a few minutes ago. Your ship's been missing for almost 80 years, and then all of a sudden you're back? People want to know your stories. <laughs> I doubt that. I'm not really very interesting. That's not what I understand. I've read that you're one of the best pilots around. Well, maybe back in my time. I don't know about now. I don't know about that. The ships may be bigger and faster, but it's still the same technology. That's true, I suppose. I also understand you were friends with my aunt. Yes, I was. She was my best friend on the Montana. I've been making a special effort to talk to people who knew her well. I never knew her, and it's kind of my personal interest in the Montana story. If you don't mind, I'd like to talk to you about her as well. Well, maybe. We'll see. So what do you plan to do? I haven't decided yet. Captain, Admiral Rowan wants you to report to his office immediately. Thank you, Ensign. What the hell does he want now? He's already lectured me once today. Yes. 
Yes, Admiral? I've just received communication from Starfleet Command. The Federation President is going to make an address in a few hours. And? As you are well aware, we don't currently have any diplomatic relations with the Romulans. There really aren't any channels for this sort of thing. What sort of thing? If you wanted to stir up the pot with your recent escapades, you've succeeded. The President is going to announce that he has sent the Romulan Star Empire an ultimatum via subspace radio. The ultimatum states that the Romulans must admit to their involvement in the outpost attacks and turn over all members of the Sword of Romulus terrorist group or face formal declaration of war by the Federation. War? When was this ultimatum sent? The first was sent shortly after your return from the neutral zone. The first? Yes, the first. There will be three. The last was sent yesterday. There has been no response from the Romulans. Captain, you are the only person I know who has actually fought the Romulans. Face them in battle personally. If it comes to war, you're going to be invaluable. Therefore, I have new orders for you. New orders? Yes. After the repairs to your ship are completed, you're to rendezvous with the invasion fleet at Hikes Point. Once there, you'll relinquish command of your vessel to your executive officer, and then join Captain Merrick aboard the USS Archer. Captain Merrick and the Archer will lead the attack. You will be your chief tactical advisor. This is crazy. You can't invade the Romulan Empire at a moment's notice. How much planning has gone into this? The Federation feels that if we hit them with an initial overwhelming force, victory shouldn't be too hard to achieve. We don't even have any current intelligence on them. No one's seen them for decades. How do we even know what they've got? Are there even any plans for the occupation of Romulus? You don't think they're just going to welcome the Federation with open arms? Besides, I've told you, I don't even think they're responsible for the attacks. Well, Captain, this may come as a surprise to you, but Starfleet does not run on your opinions. Now I suggest you make your preparations for war. war. This is getting out of control. Maybe. I guess they feel they need to do something. A lot of people died in those outpost attacks. And you did wonder why the Federation hadn't retaliated. Yes, but I don't think they even have a plan. There's no evidence the Romulans are behind this, and I think we've found plenty of it to suggest they aren't. Jack, how are the repairs coming? They're done. I'm just double-checking some of the work. That new relay seems to work fine. Well, I've got orders to rendezvous with this invasion fleet assembling at Hikes Point. And? Mr. Locke, report to the bridge and prepare the ship for departure. Yes, sir. I'll round up our people. You're sure this new relay will hold, Jack? Well, sure. What are you planning to... Edwards, please report to sickbay. I wonder what he wants. What is it, Doctor? I'm busy. I, uh, understand we're moving out. News travels fast. I suppose I should prepare for casualties. That's why you called me here? You're the Chief Medical Officer. You know what to do. Yes. Tell me, do you think this is a good idea? What? This. This military action. My opinion 
has nothing to do with Starfleet Command's decisions. I know, but I still want to know. I want to know what you think. Why? Please, just tell me. Fine. I think it's nonsense. I think this has nothing to do with the Romulans. I think... I I think this is being orchestrated somehow. Why would someone do that? I don't know. Why do you want to know my opinions? I just do. Mr. Locke, are we ready to leave the station? Yes, sir. All stations report ready, and we have our clearance to depart. Very good. Ensign Gilmore, open Intercraft. Yes, sir. Intercraft open. Attention all hands. This is Captain Edwards. We are preparing to leave the station. By now, you've all heard the President's address and know the upcoming deadline for the final ultimatum that was broadcast to the Romulan Empire. So far, there has been no response. If there continues to be no response, then we must all prepare ourselves for the possibility of war with the Romulans. I know each and every one of you will do your duty and make me proud no matter what happens. Captain out. All right, Mr. Palmer, take us out. One quarter impulse power. Aye, sir, one quarter impulse. Set a course for Hikes Point, warp six. Aye, sir, warp six. Engage. Computer, open personal notes and files of Kelly Natukov. Files open. I've now been aboard the USS Montana for almost two weeks. I've had several discussions with Captain Edwards, and while he's friendly and has shared some stories about my Aunt Numi, he still remains distant. I know he's somehow involved in this business with the Romulans, but I don't know exactly how. We are currently on course to rendezvous with an invasion fleet. Reporting on a war wasn't what I had in mind when I came aboard, but it might end up being what I get. The other members of the crew I've spoken to have been friendly for the most part. Some of them, though, like Captain Edwards, are a bit distant. Ensign Palmer would be one of these. From everything I've read, she's a brilliant pilot and lives her life aggressively. However, when I've spoken with her, I've found her reserved and reluctant to talk. Almost shy. Hardly the hard-drinking pilot I've read about. Perhaps it's because I'm still the new person on board. I've also spent a lot of time just observing the crew. I do sense an air of... Well, maybe sadness is the right word? They don't talk about it much, at least not when I'm around. But it's not too hard to figure out the reason for this mood. Displaced in time, many of their friends and family now dead and unable to go back because our present depends on their decades of absence. I think it's remarkable this crew has adjusted as well as they apparently have. Still, this experience has changed them, I think. It's true I didn't know them before their time displacement, but what I see here is a crew united by sadness and secrets, and I've never seen that before. Captain's Log Supplemental, 
The Montana has arrived at Hikes Point, where the fleet is rendezvoused in response to what Starfleet believes to be a Romulan incursion of our borders. I'm due to attend a briefing with Captain Merrick of the USS Archer, where we shall discuss the recent events that took place at the destroyed outposts and Starfleet's response. Thank you for meeting with me, Captain Edwards. I'm sure your knowledge will prove invaluable. I don't know about that. My knowledge of the Romulans is about as up-to-date as yours. They have, or had, plasma weapons. They were fond of flying cloaked, but they had to decloak to fire their weapons. Even when operating cloaked, their ships could sometimes be detected as an anomalous motion by the ship's sensors or energy distortions, especially when decloaking prior to firing. They at least used to use an artificial quantum singularity as a power source, which can produce some uh, unexpected results if you're too close to it when you destroy one of their ships. What about tactics? They like to attack in groups if they can. Maybe three Romulan ships to one starship. It would be a good idea to try to keep them from surrounding any of your ships. It's also typical for them to jam communications. Randomly rotating frequencies might be a way to combat that. But I'm sure you know these things from history and the Academy. Nevertheless, I want you by my side on the bridge, Captain. If I'm going to lead this invasion fleet, I want someone with personal experience fighting the Romulans with me. Fine. Now, as you know, the deadline for the Romulans' response to the Federation's last ultimatum is fast approaching. My orders are to set course for Romulus as soon as the response deadline expires. That's in two hours. I know. Captain, I sense you don't agree with this course of action. I've fought in many battles. I've fought Klingons and Romulans and whoever else I was told to fight. I believe in what the Federation stands for. And I believe those principles are worth fighting for. I really do. There was a time when I might have been more eager to fight than I am now, but that was because I valued my own life so little. What I learned, though, is that although war may be sometimes unavoidable, one should always try to avoid it. I don't see that happening here. I see an invasion fleet assembled and relying on me to supply them with information they already know. I see no plans for occupying Romulus, and I really see nothing here to implicate the Romulans at all. Yes, those outposts were attacked. I've been there, and I've seen it for myself. And I want to know who did it as much as anyone else. But it seems to be that we're accusing the Romulans more out of convenience than anything else. There's so much about this that doesn't make any sense. Why am I the only one asking questions? It saddens me to see this. I've come almost 80 years into the future to find the Federation may be betraying its own ideals. If this is what the future is like, I... We just have to have faith, Captain. Faith in what? In the Federation. In Starfleet. In the chain of command. In our institutions and the people who run them. In the belief that everything will work out because the Federation does stand for something greater than ourselves. Yes. You're right, of course. I'll have quarters prepared for you. Thank you. I do need to return to the Montana to go over a few things with my executive officer before the fleet moves out. Of course. Captain, shouldn't you be on the Archer? Mr. Palmer, lay in a course for Delphi 7. Aye, sir. The captain of the Archer is hailing us, sir. On screen. Captain, is everything all right? Yes, of course. The deadline is two minutes away. We will be departing immediately thereafter. Please return to the Archer. I'll see you shortly. Edward's out. 
Mr. Plummer, turn off our identification beam. Sir? Turn it off. Aye, sir. Beam off. Mr. Palmer, bring us about and take us out of the fleet formation. Slow. Yes, sir. Captain Merrick is hailing us again. Don't respond. Maintain subspace silence. Captain, are you doing what I think you're doing? Well, I don't know what you're thinking, Mr. Locke. I'm not a mind reader. But if I had to guess, I'd say that I'm very likely doing what you're thinking. Do you have a problem with that? No, sir. We're clear of the fleet and can engage warp drive. Then do so, Mr. Palmer. Best speed to Delphi 7. Warp 8 or better if Mr. McGuire's new relay can take the strain. Punch it. Lieutenant, notify Starfleet Command that the Montana has broken off from the fleet. Aye, Captain. Commander Miller, did you get a good sensor lock on their course? Yes, Captain. But with their identification beam off, it'll be nearly impossible to... I know. Lieutenant, include all of Commander Miller's sensor data in the report to Starfleet. Also, get an analysis of the Montana's warp signature and include that too. Aye, sir. No signs of pursuit, Captain. Of course not. They've got a war to fight. Captain, the Federation has just broadcast a Code 1 alert of war to the Romulan Empire. How long until we reach Delphi 7? ETA is 10 hours, 11 minutes. And how long until the fleet reaches the neutral zone? Approximately 11 hours. So we'll have less than an hour to try to stop a war. All right, everyone. Your captain has most likely just ended his career. If any of you want to lodge protests to my actions, you're welcome to do so. They'll be duly noted in my log. I'm in command, and I take full responsibility for my actions. There's no reason for the rest of you to go down with me. I'm flattered you think so much of me. I hope your loyalty isn't misguided. Captain Merrick is hailing us again, sir. I don't need to hear it, Ensign. I have a pretty good idea what she has to say. Computer. Ice water. Computer. Access the biographical record of Dr. Montague Claremont, currently head of the Van Gelder Memorial Institute on Delphi 7. Specifically, list significant areas of research and achievements. Dr. Montague Claremont has conducted significant research in the areas of brain function, psychology, psychiatry, and cybernetics. His innovative methods have led to several new treatments in the area of mental illness. His programs have been successfully integrated into a number of institutions. A repeated area of research has been behavior modification. In 2341... Computer, stop. Highlight Dr. Claremont's behavior modification research. Has there been any controversy regarding any of his work? Affirmative. Dr. Claremont was the first to reintroduce the use of the neural neutralizer. Use of the neural neutralizer was prohibited after the incident on the Tantalus penal colony in 2266. Dr. Claremont was reprimanded by the Federation Board of Medical Sciences. Neural neutralizer? Computer, what is a neural neutralizer? The neural neutralizer is a device used in behavior modification research and in the treatment of the mentally ill and criminally insane. The device emits a beam which effectively neutralizes the subject's neural activity to a selected level. While neural activity is suppressed, Suggestions for behavior modification can be implanted in the subject's mind. 
Following an accident on the Tantalus penal colony that involved Dr. Tristan Adams' long-term exposure to the beam and subsequent death, the use of the neural neutralizer was prohibited by the Federation Board of Medical Sciences. Has Dr. Claremont been involved in any research involving the physical implantation of behavior modification devices? Affirmative. Such research is experimental and highly controversial. In 2347, Dr. Claremont was asked to provide all results of his research in such areas to the Federation Board of Medical Sciences for peer review. And the results of the review? While acknowledging the ethical issues such research presented, the peer review board made no recommendations that Dr. Claremont end his research. Captain, Chief Engineer McGuire has requested your presence in engineering. All right, tell him I'll be right there. You asked to see me, Jack? Aye, Captain. I've been giving some thought to our problem. What? Has something else happened? No, no, nothing like that. It's just... Well, I've been trying to figure out who it could be. Who could be sabotaging our systems. And then it occurred to me. Everyone on this ship came with us from the past, except one. There's only one new crewman. Locke? You think it's Mr. Locke? Why would he sabotage the ship? I don't know. Jack, we've had breakdowns and system failures on this ship long before Locke came aboard. Aye, she's a quirky girl, all right, but the last breakdowns are the ones that finally convinced me we had a saboteur on board. Those happened at just the right times to try to prevent us from carrying out what you wanted to do. Get to the neutral zone and get down to the outpost. I don't know, Jack. Do me a favor, Paul. Just keep an eye on him. All right, Jack. I will. Captain, we're entering the Delphi system. Thank you, Ensign Gilmore. I'll be there momentarily. Status, Mr. Locke. We are out of warp and entering standard orbit around Delphi 7. Ensign, hail the Van Gelder Memorial Institute. Aye, sir. Captain, they're hailing us. They are? On screen. Welcome to Delphi 7, Captain Edwards. Thank you. Who are you? I'm Cassandra. I'm Dr. Claremont's executive assistant. I see we're expected. Of course. May I speak with Dr. Claremont? I'm sending you transporter coordinates, Captain. Dr. Claremont is awaiting your arrival. I see. Thank you. Dr. Claremont looks forward to seeing you. Mr. Locke, you're with me. Ensign Gilmore, have Dr. Wilson meet us in the main transporter room. Mr. Plummer, you have the con. Aye, sir. Lieutenant Knight, how long until the fleet reaches the neutral zone? Approximately 40 minutes, sir. All right. Mr. Locke, let's go. May I ask what your plan is, sir? I don't really have one. All I know is everything points here. Doctor, uh, Miss Natukov, what are you doing here? I want to come with you. I'm not sure. Captain, I know you were fond of my aunt, and I hope we'll become friends as well. I know you blame yourself for what happened. Yes, we've talked about that. You may come to the surface with us if you want. You may find a story. I hope I do. All right, let's go. 
Energize. Welcome. Where's Dr. Claremont? Dr. Claremont is waiting for you in his office. Please follow me. Captain Edwards and his associates, Doctor. Ah, thank you, Cassandra. Leave us, please. Captain Edwards, it's an honor to finally meet you. You seem to have been expecting us. Of course I was expecting you. Did you make this device and implant it in the brain of a man we encountered on an outpost along the Romulan neutral zone? Of course I did. You know that. That's why you're here. (sighs) Poor Abdiel. He never was the most stable person. His name means servant of God in Hebrew. Did you know that? I understand you killed him. Not exactly. Yes. I understand your Betazoid officer was also involved. And your doctor. I didn't intend to harm him. Your device scrambled. Yes, yes, I, I know what it does. It blocked your attempt at a telepathic link. Hurt, didn't it? <laughs> Incidentally, trying to read me will be a futile use of your time. You'll find I'm a difficult read. Then you admit your involvement in the attacks. Why would I do such a thing? Look, there's an invasion fleet headed to the neutral zone right now. A war is about to start. Yes, I know. Do you know what secrets are, Captain? The power. The currency. If you have a secret, it's a weakness. Why else would you keep it a secret unless you feared someone else knowing? On the other hand, if you know a secret, you have power. Used correctly, a secret can be used to bend someone to your will. Miss Natukov, I must apologize for the death of your aunt. She was never meant to get caught up in this. If certain parties had managed their jobs effectively, she would still be alive. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Please, Doctor. It's rude to interrupt. Psytok was never supposed to make it to Vulcan. Ah, you have your aunt's gift for deduction. Psytok's lawyer. Yes, yes. You can see why Psytok was reluctant to have him as his counsel. If things had gone smoothly, he would have been able to get into Psytok's cell with him, and Psytok would have, well, died sooner and a lot more peacefully. I was right. The Romulans have nothing to do with this. It's all you. Call off the invasion. Call it off? I didn't order it. How could I? I'm a doctor. The president ordered it. You know that. We're running out of time. Indeed we are. The invasion fleet's getting closer and closer once they cross the neutral zone. Well, I think we know what happens next. Why would you deliberately provoke a war with the Romulans? I'm not provoking a war with anyone, Mr. Locke. How many times do I have to tell you people? I'm a doctor. I don't order invasions. But you do know who's behind this, and you're working with them. Ah, the fog begins to lift. Sometimes enlightenment isn't so hard to achieve. But there's always the next question. Once you're enlightened, then what? I'm sick of this, Doctor. You are. I'm quite enjoying it. Don't make me do something I don't want to do. A phaser, Captain. I'm disappointed. That's an empty threat. If you kill me, you'll never get your answers. If you stun me, well, let's say I doubt I'd wake up in time to do anything about this war. Besides... 
It's not the Starfleet way. So, this is about provoking a war for no reason. Doctor, I'm surprised at you. Of course there's a reason. What is it? Captain, I would have thought that you of all people would understand. We're at peace with the Klingons. What next? We're losing ourselves. I don't understand. Peace is preferable to war. We are defined by our enemies, Captain. We are what they are not. For decades, the Klingons were the other. They were everything we weren't. They were savage, warlike, but now we're at peace. And it turns out that, well, we just misunderstood the Klingons. They're really honorable warriors, not barbarians. And ever since then, the Federation and Starfleet have gotten weaker and weaker. With war with the Klingons no longer a threat, weapon systems were canceled, improving warp technology became less of a priority. More and more planets have been admitted to the Federation. And what do they contribute? Many of them lobby for Federation membership because they are in need, not because they have something to offer. Captain, we both know there are terrible things out there in space. We may be at peace with the Klingons, but sooner or later we're going to run into something that doesn't like us very much. And we may very well be outgunned. So, this war is being provoked in order to stimulate? Yes, in order to stimulate us, to get us back on track. People need to realize there are still threats out there. The people on those outposts, they were Federation citizens. Yes, well, sacrifices have to be made. You're working with people in Starfleet. Yes, of course. It's the only thing that makes sense. Like the attempt to sabotage the Klingon peace process? Starfleet Intelligence. Really, Captain? You should keep her around. She's a bright one. Yes, Starfleet Intelligence. But this is hardly what you'd call an official operation. Operation Warbird. That's what they're calling it. I mean, can you believe that? No imagination. And Cytok? He wasn't involved at all, was he? No, poor Cytok wasn't a part of this. But he found out about it. When he mind-melded with the prisoner. Who was part of it. Patient of yours? Hmm? Yes, Abdeel. And that's why he didn't remain in custody after he was arrested. His release was arranged so he could go back to work for you. Hmm? And he wasn't the only one, was he? You were brainwashing people, putting things in their brains to block attempts at telepathic interrogations. They were just puppets. Doctor, 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 I don't understand why you're so surprised by any of this. The people Sytok killed, they were part of this conspiracy, weren't they? Even in his madness, Sytok was trying to stop it. He was doing what he could. Some of the people he killed were part of it. Some weren't. I hear he could get terribly confused sometimes. I would have loved the chance to examine him. Do you know how rare it is to find a Vulcan who's dropped his veneer of logic? Believe me, under that mask they're as mad as anyone. Incredibly repressed species, and people wonder why they go insane every seven years. Fascinating. This is insane. We don't let others define us. We define ourselves. We find our own purpose. <laughs> Please, Captain, spare me the noble speeches. Here's the problem. We've come to believe that what we call our negative impulses, our darker emotions, our violent thoughts are bad. That we've evolved beyond such baseness. It's ridiculous. These things are just as much a part of us as the things we regard as good. Love, friendship, altruism. 
but complicated creatures. To deny an entire aspect of our very being is to risk sending us into a delusional downward spiral. We stand at a precipice in history. Shut up! Excuse me? Shut up! Mankind is always at a precipice. Every moment of every day is a precipice in history. What are you doing? I just called for some of my assistance. A ship, the USS Indianapolis, I believe, is on its way back here. It's going to escort you and your ship back to Earth, where I'm sure Starfleet will have some interesting plans for a captain who deserts his fleet during a war. How do you know we won't just tell everyone what we know? Hmm. Well, first of all, we'll be in the midst of an interstellar war, and that's going to take up a lot of people's attention. Second, you, Captain Edwards, will clearly be insane. What are you talking about? When the Indianapolis arrives, they'll discover a tragedy has occurred here. Captain Edwards, whose behavior has been erratic lately anyway, what with losing a close friend and flying off to the neutral zone, will have finally gone completely mad, and he will have killed the members of his crew who beamed down here with him. Stay where you are. Take the captain's phaser. Keep it safe. He likes to wave it around, and he'll need it later on. What are you going to do? Hmm. Probably better if you don't know. I wouldn't want to know. Bring Captain Edwards and Dr. Wilson to the neural neutralizer room with me. Take the others to the, um, waiting room. Yes, Doctor. What is our ETA at the neutral zone border, Lieutenant? 19 minutes, Captain. Make sure we have good phaser locks on our primary targets. Have the other ships do the same. Aye, sir. This is the Neural Neutralizer, Captain. Since you've been doing your research, I'm sure you've read about it. Why, yes. You may find this interesting, Dr. Wilson. Feel free to examine it if you want. No, thank you. I'm fine. Really, Doctor? The lack of curiosity is hardly scientific. What are you planning to do? He's going to put me under the neutralizer. Make me kill the rest of you. I'm gonna miss you, Captain. I really wish you would have joined us. Now, please, get in the chair. And if I don't? Captain, Captain... Please stop this nonsense. If you don't get in the chair, we'll just kill you and arrange another scenario. Now, get in the chair. Good. Who knows, Captain, you might even be able to claw your way back to sanity in a few decades. Take him to level 9, paranoid schizophrenia. Dr. Wilson and I are going to have a conversation. Yes, Doctor. When you're done with the Captain, let me know. We'll turn him loose on his crew. Follow me back to my office, Doctor. Bring the Betazoid in. Captain, I... Locke, did, did you sabotage my ship? What? This man is your enemy, Captain. Oh, stop it! Why would you think I sabotaged the ship? This man is part of a vast conspiracy, Captain. I'm not going to play your games. Stop this. 
conspiracy against you, against Starfleet, against everything you believe in. He must be destroyed. Did you sabotage the warp engines? The transporters? No. You won't get away with this! I'll kill you before I let you destroy my ship! If he doesn't wake up in a few minutes, we'll revive him. We still need to imprint the woman on him. You're not going to get the captain to kill me? I suppose that depends on how our conversation goes. Can I offer you a drink, Doctor? No, thanks. You haven't been very friendly since you beamed down. That's hardly what I'd call professional courtesy. I realize it isn't within your power to call off the invasion, but I also realize you must have records on everything you've done. Certainly. But those records are mine. And if I asked, I don't suppose you'd let me see them? I might have let you see them earlier. Now, I wonder where your loyalties are, Doctor. My loyalties are where they've always been. To the Federation and to Starfleet. Ah. Well, then we shouldn't have any problems, then, should we? I suppose not. Maybe I will have that drink. Good. This is a sort of brandy from the southern regions of Glanotha. It's a tad bitter at first, but it has a sweetness to it that's quite unexpected. You're a doctor. You know what I can do from this position. I know you won't tell me how to access your files, so I guess there's no point in asking. Computer, access all files coded and cross-referenced to Operation Warbird. Access denied. Files are secure and encrypted. Computer, override Prime 88, code 777. Prime 88 override active. Access all files coded and cross-referenced to Project Warbird. Access to all files granted. Purge all references to the USS Montana and its crew. Consolidate files and prepare a subspace burst transmission to the following. Admiral Forrest, Starfleet Command. Admiral Rowan, current location, Korolev Station. Delator Smith, Director of Starfleet Intelligence and the Office of the President of the United Federation of Planets. Code the message red one blue, absolute highest priority, and send it unencrypted. Verification. You wish to send encrypted files in unencrypted form? Affirmative. Decrypt all files and send immediately. Sending files. Seven minutes to neutral zone border. Any enemy contacts? No, sir. All scans are negative. I show no vessels approaching from the other side of the neutral zone. The Romulans have to know we're coming. What kind of game are they playing? Stop right there! Kramer really should have armed you people. Doctor! We have to get you out of here. Let me get you out of these. The captain? He's got everything under control. No time to explain. You two need to get back to the ship now. The captain and I will be right behind you. Doctor. There's no time to explain. Wilson to Montana. Emergency beam out for Commander Locke and Miss Nezhikov. But... We're right behind you. Go see what those alarms are about. You should be coming around in just a second. Yes, sir. Good. 
back already? Did you find out why those alarms are going off? Yes, me! Huh? Ah! Oh, Doctor. <coughs> Thank you! Get, get me out of this thing. Doctor. <laughs> Come on, get me out of here. Doctor. Doctor, what are you doing? Doctor, what are you doing to me? Sometimes you're not allowed to know. Four minutes to neutral zone order. Scanners are still clear, Captain. What happened, Doctor? What's wrong with the Captain? We need to break orbit now, Mr. Locke. Let me get the Captain to sickbay and we'll sort this out later. Will he be okay? We'll see. Three minutes from neutral zone border. Take us out of orbit, Mr. Palmer. Heading, sir? Just away from here for now will be sufficient. Sir, we're being hailed by the Institute. They don't sound happy. Ignore it. We're getting out of here. They're saying that Dr. Claremont is dead. I said ignore it, Mr. Gilmore. I'm picking up another vessel approaching. One minute from border. We'll take out those buoys on their side of the neutral zone first. Just like we planned. Prepare to lock phasers. Captain, I'm receiving an emergency message from Starfleet Command marked highest possible priority. What does it say? They're calling off the attack. The invasion is off. They're rescinding the Code 1 alert war declaration. Lieutenant, bring us about 180 degrees. Transmit no-go signals to the rest of the fleet. Anyone entering the neutral zone will be in violation of direct orders from Starfleet Command. It's another starship, sir. They're hailing us. Mr. Palmer, don't break orbit just yet. Mr. Gilmore, my good man. On screen. Aye, sir. I'm Captain Musaki of the USS Indianapolis. I've been sent to escort Captain Edwards and the Montana back to Earth. All of the ships were able to be recalled before any of them crossed into the neutral zone. Any sign of the Romulans during all of this? No, sir. They never transmitted any messages to the Federation, and none of their ships were detected by our fleet. Total silence? Yes. Strange. Gully is working on a story about the whole thing. Good. It seems so odd, though. Almost like it happened to someone else. Yes, well, the Doctor is the only witness to that. Well, I don't know how you escaped from the neural neutralizer. But I was with Claremont in his office when you broke in. Yes. What were you doing in his office again? He had asked me to come back there to talk about his brainwashing procedures. I guess he thought I'd be impressed. I tried to reason with him, but it was no use. But I managed to get his computer access codes from him. And I killed him. He did put up a fight. And in addition to the neural neutralizer, it looks like he gave you some kind of psychoactive substance. I haven't been able to determine exactly what it is, but I know of similar drugs. I suspect it was a compound he may have formulated himself for experimental purposes. 
You'll probably have bouts of that fuzzy-headedness and dizziness until it's completely out of your system. But I can return to duty. Many psychoactive effects should be gone by now. If you feel anything I haven't already described, get back to sickbay. Thank you, Doctor. So, you don't still want to kill me, then? <laughs> I never did want to. I think when I asked you about sabotaging the ship, they thought I'd been suitably brainwashed. So why did you ask me if I sabotaged the ship? Mr. McGuire and I have come to the conclusion we have a saboteur aboard the ship. We don't know who it is. But you suspect me? Mr. Locke, I suspect everybody. Don't feel bad. Besides, I think you're innocent. Gentlemen, thank you for stopping by. I'll be on the bridge shortly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Status, Mr. Locke. We are still under escort by the Indianapolis. Before we left orbit, they left a small garrison at the Institute to maintain order until more permanent arrangements could be made. Sir, the captain of the Indianapolis is hailing us. He had inquired about your condition earlier, and we told him you were to be released from sickbay soon. On screen. Captain Edwards, I'm Captain Musaki. My regards to you and your crew. I hope you're feeling better. Thank you. Yes, I am feeling better. I have orders to escort you back to Earth, where you will face questioning before a Starfleet Tribunal. Very well. Based on what I heard about you, I expected more of a fight. I've done nothing wrong. I can explain my actions, but I think some others involved in this will have difficulty explaining theirs. So I'll go back to Earth, I'll face this Tribunal, and I'll tell them what I know. You, Captain, are a man of integrity. Thank you. Montana out. Jack, do you still have those slingshot calculations to get us back home? Yes. Don't lose them. Control All That You See and Hear, written by David Raines. Starring Daniel Roebuck as Admiral Miles Rowan, Spice Williams Crosby as Captain Lucy Merrick, Celeste Yarnell as Tupac, Evan English as Captain Richard Musaki, Mark Allen Shepard as Commander Alex Miller, and Larry Nemechek as Lieutenant Commander Mark Dolding. Also starring Michael and Moore as Cassandra, John Mardini as Assistant Daniel McFarlane. Caitlin Brzee as Assistant Catherine Thomas. Danny Scott as Lieutenant Sheeran Jones. Tom Wallen as Lieutenant Francis Hobbs. Jim Manikas as Ensign Peter Gilmore. Scott Martinek as William Coates. Sherilyn Lambeth as Computer Voice. And Patrick McRae as Dr. Montague Claremont. Produced by Sebastian Pruth, Andy Tyra, and Patrick McRae. Directed by Sebastian Pruth and Patrick McRae. Sound supervision and design by Andy Tyra. Additional editing by Tom Cook. Music by Andy Tyra, Dennis McCarthy, Jay Chataway, Alexander Courage, Don Davis, Brian Tyler, 
Michael Giacchino, and Ron Jones. Star Trek The Continuing Mission is not affiliated with Paramount CBS or other Star Trek rights holders. Characters and stories in these audio presentations copyright 2010 TCM Productions.